It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 21. Grateful to you for joining us. Let me tell you a story real quick. I was bitten by a bat once. It was, let me think, what year? Probably would have been 2003 or so, summer of 2003. I was a student at Brigham Young University. My mom was living back in New York, and I flew home to visit her. I had no money, and so I bought one of these kind of overnight flights, got me back home in the middle of the night, maybe 1, 2 in the morning, and I didn't want to I didn't want to disturb anyone when I got home, and so I tiptoed up the stairs, uh, made my way up into the upstairs bathroom, and bam, in the dark, something struck me, right in the, kind of right behind uh, my ear on my neck. So I thought, oh, shoot, I gotta, I gotta turn the light on. So I, I flipped on the light switch and I touched behind my neck and I held my hand forward and I saw there were little droplets of blood on there. And I thought, what the heck could that have been? <laughs> and so I, uh, you know, I'm kind of like looking around thinking, what, like, I, there were no light bulbs hanging from the light, you know, nothing hanging down that would have got me. And then what do I see in the bathroom is a bat flying around and as i was in the bathroom there was a, a bath towel hanging just near the shower i grabbed that i swing it at the bat it comes uh down is laying there on the ground and i thought oh my gosh I, we can't let a threat like this uh uh linger around and i apologize for this next part of the story it's going to seem cruel i scooped up the bat and uh, uh i had killed it um by my move there with the towel and so i flushed it down the toilet and i didn't think anything uh, of it i thought okay I, well i won that battle <laughs> Look at me, how tough I am. The next morning, uh, I had breakfast uh, in the home of a friend of mine whose mother was the uh, the director of the health department in my little county where I grew up. And she says, uh, Lee, and I'm telling the story very proud, very proudly as I'm telling you now. She says, uh, Lee, uh, here's the deal. Uh, stop talking. Get yourself in the car. Head on down to the hospital. You've got some vaccines to receive. <laughs> So I did that. I hopped in the pickup truck uh, and drove down and uh, to Dansville Hospital, and they started uh, a series of, of vaccines. The first shot was a big uh, gamma globulin shot they had to give me uh, in their rear end. And from there, uh, there were a number of other vaccines over a series of uh, weeks and months I had to receive. So why did I tell you that story other than to uh, uh, just show off my heroism <laughs> in that great battle between Lee and the bat, which Lee won? <laughs> Did you, though? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. The reason I tell you that story uh, it stems from something I saw on television from uh, KSL investigative reporter Brittany Glass. She covered a story recently where a young boy uh, was bitten by a bat, and uh, that led to his entire family uh, needing to get the rabies vaccine. I'll let you take it from there. What happened next? Yeah, so ultimately, I mean, we're talking a little five-year-old boy at the family lives in Bluffdale. Uh, here, a Utah family, they're vacationing in Arizona for the summer. They go to a cabin, and all of a sudden, you know, they're having a great time. All of a sudden, the mom notices what looks like kind of double piercings on her little son's ears. And then later, ultimately, they think it's a bat. Uh, everyone, I'm talking the two other siblings, the mom, the dad, everyone has to go in for a rabies vaccine. And we're talking immediately. Right. Because ultimately, if you don't catch this right away, 
I mean, rabies can be fatal. So well, if, rabies is 100 yeah, 100 fatal. If you get rabies, it's not dealt with immediately. You will die. Right. Exactly. So there was no question. I mean, when you're in any sort of a situation like that where death is on the line, you got to go get help right away. So ultimately, they did. As soon as they got back to Utah, they went and saw their doctor, and that's what he recommended. And they recommended that they go to Intermountain Healthcare because that's where they could treat both kids and adults. And from there, as if rabies scare wasn't enough for this little family, they had just they were ultimately charged $50,000 for this. $50,000 for a family of five. Can you even imagine? And that's after that's after their insurance covered portions and everything. The so, bill they received after all of this came so down this to $50,000. So this is before insurance. But ultimately, they had to pay their out-of-pocket max for the year, which was $13,000. But... This mother, very, very smart. She works in the medical field. She she knows her stuff. She spent day in and day out on on the phone with, with Intermountain trying to figure out, okay, why is it so much? Because hospitals have this thing called charge masters where you should go in. And, and this is for any vaccine, any prescription, any service at a hospital. You should be able to basically look at their price list and say, okay, I should be charged this amount. Well, ultimately, the, they were charging almost $800 per dose for what's called Ravivert, which is the rabies vaccine. And, I mean, again, for a family of five, it was just a hot mess of a situation. Come to find out through our investigation that the company that makes Rabavert was their max for 2019 for a dose was supposed to be not even $400. So that's when we started asking a lot of questions of Intermountain. Pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> how, are they, how are they doing today? Have they made it all the way through their, their vaccine series? They haven't. Actually, it's it's they're just an amazing, just such a cute little family. Uh, the mother is pregnant. So number four is on the way due next month, I believe. And, and they're all fine and good. And and obviously, you know, $13,000 out of max versus 50000 is fine. But it's this kind of this shop around, run around situation of why doesn't the price list match? Why why aren't they getting charged what did they you, should be? Did you ask that question uh, of Intermountain? Yeah, we did. And so so there was, it was a really frustrating process, to be quite honest with you, because we didn't understand why GSK... Uh, GSK is the manufacturer correct. of this rabies vaccine. Uh-huh, You're comparing the, the, the price that they charge uh, to the price which was charged to this family per dose. Right. And GSK told us that that ultimately... Uh, GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah. Are you impressed? I'm really impressed. Pretty good. I'm no notes. Come look over here. <laughs> I think you have a personal uh, experience that might help with it, but I am altogether very, very impressed. But ultimately, so GSK, what they were telling us in terms of, hey, we didn't charge anything more than, I think it was like 370 bucks uh, per dose in 2019, was not adding up to the fact that Intermountain charged this family almost $800, nearly double. Yeah. Per dose for this family. I, I imagine their explanation was along the lines of they have, there is overhead. The, the, these vaccines right. must be administered by professionals who uh, collect a salary. There are facilities occupied. There are uh, instruments used to administer this uh, vaccine. Right, exactly. But so what's the point of a price list then? Why have a price list online for Intermountain Healthcare that says, okay, Rabavert should be coming in at $770 or whatever it was, almost 800 and or excuse me, like what? What's the point if if ultimately the price is going to almost double? 
Do you think maybe it is? Uh, and, and, and I'm not asking you to speculate here. Sure. I'll, uh, as the talk show host, I'll do the I'll do the speculating and opinion over here. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I wonder if maybe the lesson here learned is is to is for the lawmakers. Right. It is legislation that required these uh, medical service providers to disclose the itemized prices for the services uh, that they render or the products right. that they that they sell there. Uh, the law may just need to catch up to the desires of the consumer. And, Absolutely. And if it is, if there are, you know, overhead expenses that are associated with the administration of these drugs, maybe then uh, there ought to be some kind of uh, breakdown uh, the, for that uh, made available to the consumer. Well, right, exactly. So that if if they can shop around, it's actually useful to have these priceless because right now it's just not. Yeah. KSL television investigative reporter Brittany Glass bringing us her expert investigations. You got it. Thank you more than anything for giving me the opportunity to tell the story of my own triumph. <laughs> you are so over Dracula. welcome. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, listen, I am uh, late for a break, and I apologize for that. We earlier in the program talked about red flag laws. We talked about an instance down in Colorado where a judge has, uh, after the implementation of a brand new law there in Colorado, opted not to confiscate the firearms of someone who was accused of being a danger to themselves and others. Well, uh, Utah, there's a Utah legislature, you know him well, Steve Handy. He is preparing a piece of legislation for this upcoming legislative session. We're going to talk to him about the progress of that bill and the rationale behind his support of it. Next, here on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.